Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. have just launched a mass attack on the Hampton Roads region in Virginia. The attack, commencing at 5 p.m. on a Tuesday in the height of rush hour, has quickly leveled the roadway infrastructure that many Virginians use to commute daily. The Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel, Monitor Merrimack Bridge Tunnel, Midtown Tunnel, Downtown Tunnel, Berkeley Bridge, High Rise Bridge, West Norfolk Bridge, the Gilmerton Bridge, and the South Norfolk Jordan Bridge have either been critically damaged or spans have failed completely. Hundreds of calls have poured into 911 dispatch centers throughout the region and have quickly inundated available resources. First responders are delaying their response as the flow of information is vague and many police and fire agencies are unaware if terrorist agents are still conducting attacks or if more are to come. Multiple unmarked vans were seen leaving the scenes where explosions occurred and many witnesses have reported seeing heavily armed personnel equipped with Kalashnikovs and other heavy weaponry such as PKM and RPGs. Motorists that witnessed these people loading back into vans 
noticed that their uniforms contained either swastikas or some other form of white supremacy ideology on the uniforms. With the critical threat that this attack has posed and the risk of other attacks occurring, the governor has placed the state under a state of emergency, activating the National Guard, and enacting an immediate shelter-in-place order for nearly 2 million people. Traffic on the interstates are brought to a standstill as tens of thousands try to rush home, only to now end up as a potential target. The Virginia National Guard's 116th Infantry Brigade Combat Team is the first to get on the road and begin setting up checkpoints to ID drivers in Portsmouth, about five miles away from the downtown tunnel and the Berkeley Bridge that have been critically damaged. In coordination with Virginia State Police, all civilians are ordered out of their vehicles and onto buses to be moved to large reunification centers. Due to the complexity of this attack, city governments are grasping at straws to ensure the safety of their people. Military and police helicopters begin their search for the unmarked vans. While the confusion continues, this allows the terrorist personnel to conduct another attack, this time opening fire on citizens at the oceanfront, a heavily populated tourist area in Virginia Beach. Police staged at the oceanfront immediately engage the suspects with carbine rifles and other small arms. Due to the terrorists' armament, they are able to quickly gain fire superiority, but not without casualties on both sides. The gunfire ceases, and the smoke clears to find that no one was seriously injured in the gunfire, and most injuries are due to cuts and abrasions from falls. Additional National Guard resources are funneled into the area, with naval security forces from Little Creek Amphibious Base assisting with patrolling and security. As night falls, an eerie calmness settles upon the region. Sirens can be heard off in the distance, helicopters conducting reconnaissance, and Air Force C-130s are seen loitering with large infrared cameras capable of scanning for targets and remaining on station for hours. National Guard and other active duty components conduct patrols at larger urban areas such as Town Center in Virginia Beach, downtown Norfolk, downtown Portsmouth, and along the waterways. At midnight, another surprise attack occurs in downtown Norfolk against the police headquarters building on Granby Street. Masked gunmen storm the offices, setting fire to the building and leaving explosives as a trap for fire personnel. As the fire burns, the explosives react and blow out one of the exterior walls, leading to a collapse. Luckily, the street and adjacent buildings are empty, as many have fled into more quiet neighborhoods with friends and family. The following morning, there are hundreds more National Guard troops stationed throughout the Hampton Roads area and along the major roadways. As a result of the bombings, over 400 people have lost their lives and injuries are still being reported. On TV, the supposed group responsible has published a video on a streaming site claiming responsibility and threatening further attacks against the public should their demands not be met. This group is known by the FBI, DHS, and state law enforcement. This ultranationalist group, known as the American Freedom Front, has ties to several white supremacy organizations and other armed militia groups within the United States. Their demands include the removal of several local politicians who they deem as too progressive and a recount of the elections. This genuinely confuses all as the most recent elections were the previous year and recounts had been issued as a safeguard against the groups of this type who claimed elections continue to be stolen. These demands go unanswered and police are staged at local government buildings in response. Unknowingly, more of the ultranationalists have secretly traveled into the area, armed with more explosives, more ammunition, and an increased hatred towards the government officials. The domestic terrorists become far more unstable, and their communication begins to break down as members struggle to identify their next target. Due to this lapse in judgment, one member forgets to unkey their radio, helping recon personnel identify one of their staging areas. Navy SEALs stationed at Little Creek Amphibious Base silently infiltrate into a wooded area just off of Route 58 in the Great Dismal Swamp where a dozen or so domestic terrorists are camped out. With absolutely no security, 
the SEAL team quickly dispatches the terrorists with zero resistance. Upon a search of their camp, it is identified that they possess chemical weapons and are planning to use it in their next planned attack, which includes its use in shopping malls, movie theaters, and other heavy populated areas. The Department of Homeland Security, FBI, ATF, and Virginia State Police are notified and immediately begin issuing additional shelter-in-place warnings should anyone be outside. All military forces are ordered to MOP-3, or Mission-Oriented Protective Posture 3. This term is used when there is a significant threat of chemical, biological, radiological, or nuclear attacks. This posture includes the donning of protective overgarments, masks, hoods, boots, and gloves, and is worn until the threat has been removed. Upon learning of the chemical threat, the Adjutant General of the National Guard activates the Chemical, Biological, Radiological, Nuclear, and High-Yield Explosives Enhanced Response Force Package. The 34th CERFP establishes a command headquarters at the Virginia Beach Municipal Center, which is structurally sound and easily defensible. Deploying enhanced capabilities such as air quality monitoring, decontamination, and other critical facilities, the deployment of this specialized unit allows other National Guard units to focus on security and proactive patrols. As the sun rises the next morning, it's evident that the damage caused to the roadway infrastructure is catastrophic. The downtown tunnel's eastbound tube received extensive blast damage, causing leaks, and has been deemed structurally unsound. A portion of the Monitor Merrimack Bridge's northbound lane has collapsed, forcing the Virginia Department of Transportation to activate contingency plans. The area is quiet as the governor has issued the shelter-in-place order and only vehicles seen on the road are fire, police, and military vehicles. Finally, a break in the search for terrorists occurs when a drone conducting surveillance identifies thermal signatures of a group of people with what look like heavy weaponry in a wooded area just off of North Landing Road in a more rural area of Virginia Beach. This looks to be where the terrorists have set up their camp. In a matter of minutes, hundreds of National Guard soldiers along with the city and state police converge on the area and open fire on the terrorists who in turn return fire with their Russian heavy weapons. Police and military assets quickly dismantle the threat. One of the terrorists does survive and following a short stay in the local area hospital is transferred to the FBI field office where his interrogation begins. Having already discovered that this cell was part of a group that belongs to a much larger white supremacist group that is based in the Midwest, this series of attacks was the first in a much larger planned quote-unquote war. These attacks in the Hampton Roads area were meant to distract from other planned events in larger cities such as Chicago, New York, and Dallas. This group is known to every domestic intelligence agency in the United States and has been the center of several investigations. Immediately upon finding out this information, FBI and state police agencies in those states rushed to activate their emergency operations centers and begin surveillance operations against the supremacy groups. Quickly, Illinois State Police uncover a plot to release a chemical weapon in central Chicago, along with a mass attack against unarmed civilians. The leaders and lower-ranking members of the group are arrested, and the attack is prevented. In Dallas, a small armed convoy of white supremacists open fire on a National Guard convoy that is patrolling. Two soldiers are killed, and one Humvee is destroyed following fuel leaking, causing it to combust and explode. As a result, the Texas Military Department frees all resources and allows the National Guard to exert the destruction of the white supremacy group, which includes the search and destruction of their field branches. A two-day standoff occurs when the white supremacists decide to barricade their fortified building and take pot shots at National Guard soldiers. Ultimately, with the use of a carefully placed Mark 19 round, ammunition being stored in the building explodes and causes a fire to break out. 
forcing the terrorists to run out of the building and face the Texas National Guard, where gunfire erupts furthermore. Ultimately, the terrorists are killed following the quick exchange with soldiers. In New York City, the terrorist cell plants explosive charges on many of the city's electrical substations that remain mostly unguarded and exposed. Successfully detonating the explosives, power has been severed to nearly 70% of Manhattan, affecting mostly the Bronx, Harlem, and the Upper East and West Side. The city comes to a screeching halt as subways, emergency brakes engage, communications go down, and the heat starts to rise in the older apartment blocks, forcing tens of thousands out into the street to seek cooler refuge. With much of the city in the dark, the NYPD activates auxiliary units and orders those units onto the streets to prevent criminal activities and other terrorist activities that may occur. Anti-terrorism units are ordered to actively patrol the affected neighborhoods after a fusion center picks up chatter of a potential mass shooting. The unmarked van that terrorists have reportedly been seen driving was identified. Strategic response units converge on a small brownstone and make entry to find a dozen or so terrorists sitting around. A few open fire on the police team while others quickly are apprehended. While this scenario ended relatively peacefully and with minimal injuries and death, who's to say that if an event like this were to actually happen, that that one would? I, along with other emergency management groups, are planning for this exact threat. There are several methods in which a coordinated attack could occur. One primary method would be a cyber attack, which could sever our communication to the modern world. And in this episode, I depicted terrorists attacking electrical substations, and this is something that has happened and remains a real threat within our country. Much of our critical infrastructure is unsecured and could be destroyed at a moment's notice. With the political stability in our country fluctuating on a weekly basis, certain groups could be spurred in a delusional act to conduct such attacks against others. There is a history of such attacks, while not involving such actions as cyber attacks, these CCTAs, or Complex Coordinated Terrorist Attacks, have included mass shootings, arsons, and bombings around the world. These incidents demonstrate how attackers can assemble trained teams, acquire explosives, weapons, and communications equipment, exploit open source information to gather intelligence on targets, and successfully carry out acts of extreme violence. Over time, assailants study and learn from each other improving their tactics to counter first responders and law enforcement in an effort to increase casualties, inflict maximum damage at attack sites, and prolong incidents to achieve sustained media coverage. Active preparation and training is essential by law enforcement agencies in maintaining readiness and the ability to effectively respond to such an attack. I fear that if a coordinated attack were to be attempted against a regional area such as Hampton Roads, that it would effectively cripple us. The majority of the roadways here in Hampton Roads have to utilize either bridges or tunnels to cross spans of water that can't easily be crossed. If an attack were to happen, it would quickly overwhelm available resources and lead to hundreds or thousands of deaths. In our next episode, I'm going to cover the aftermath of this attack. We're going to look at exactly what healthcare resources would be needed, what civil construction resources would be needed. We're going to look at the whole picture and see if the United States and more local first response agencies are ready to respond to such a terrorist attack. Because I fear that once we dig in deeper, that we're not. And this is a critical area that we are overlooking. I want to thank you all for listening this week. I do apologize for the slower tempo in getting these episodes out.
My wife and I recently moved and I have been traveling for work quite frequently. I'm working on getting the final episodes of the season written and recorded for you. Please be sure to leave a like if you enjoyed the episode. And until next time, this has been Destination Disaster. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 